Uh, so Scott, uh, it's great to have you here along with Liza. I know you were getting a drink before when I tried to introduce you. <laughs> um, but uh, it's great to have you both here from BMA. We're going to hear, hear a bit more about BMA. I won't steal your thunder. But Scott's the Executive Director of BMA and has been in that role for... Uh, yeah, going on almost four years. Going on four years. Uh, and so for those of you who aren't aware, uh, BMA, uh, we've got, a, I suppose, a connection to, to Yundamu um, and particularly to Matt and Shan Anderson, currently based in Kalkarindji, but also with uh, Beth and Danny Hunt, who are kind of doing FIFO, I suppose, is the best way of describing it, uh, with the community in Yundamu. So it's wonderful to have you here. Can we welcome Scott to share with us this morning? Thank you. It's great to uh, to be with you in our springs, and uh, I invite you particularly to catch up with Liza uh, after the service. Liza is our South Australian Northern Territory state leader. In fact, when she's in Alice Springs and Darwin, she's the Northern Territory and South Australia state leader. So uh, it's great to uh, to be with you. Um, we uh, we've just connected in person for the the first time. We've kind of chatted on Zoom. It's funny how life works itself out. I moved to Melbourne to start the same church that Gavin was leaving. Uh, in 2017, and my assistant, who's been with me that whole time, both at Crossway and Baptist Mission Australia, is a great friend of Gavin. So it's lovely to finally meet in person uh, and to, uh, to be with you uh, today. Can I pray as we uh, open up God's Word? Father, thank you that your Holy Spirit is with us this morning, and thank you that it's the Spirit's desire to speak into our lives to encourage us, to challenge us, to inspire us. So come, Holy Spirit, we would pray that you might move in our hearts and our minds and our lives as we open up your word together in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to read a passage uh, from Romans and uh, you might kind of put your seatbelts on. I'm going to kind of get to it fairly quickly. It's a long passage with uh, lots of names in it. I wasn't sure whether someone was going to get the task of reading it this morning. I've realised I've got that task. Um, and so um, Romans chapter 16, it's the last chapter in the book of Romans in this letter. It's coming up on the screen, I see. And um, it's probably a passage most of you, like me, you might have rarely even looked at. And over the last year or so, this has become a really rich passage for me that I'd like to just briefly explore with you today. Let's read it together from Romans 16. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a deacon in the church in Kentria. Welcome her in the Lord as one who is worthy of honour among God's people. Help her in whatever she needs, for she's been helpful to many, especially to me. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they once risked their lives for me. I am thankful to them and so are all the Gentile churches. Also give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. Greet my dear friend Epinatus. He was the first person from the province of Asia to become a follower of Christ. Give my greetings to Mary, who was worked hard for your benefit. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews, who were in prison with me. They are highly respected among the apostles and became followers of Christ before I did. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachius. Greet Apelles, a good man whom Christ approves. Give my greetings to the believers from the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet the Lord's people from the household of Narcissus. Give my greetings to Tryphena and Tryphosa, the Lord's workers, and to dear Persis, who has worked so hard for the Lord. Greet Rufus, whom the Lord picked out to be, a very, to be his very own, and also his dear mother, who has been a mother to me. 
Give my greetings to Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermes, and the brothers and sisters who meet with them. Give my greetings to Philogus, Julia, Nerus, and his sister, and to Olympus and all the believers who meet with them. Greet each other in Christian love. All the churches of Christ send their greetings. I was in a church recently and a lady read that passage and she got to the end and she said, Hallelujah. I don't want to do a Bible reading for some time. <laughs> I, uh, I was in my office recently and uh, I started in my role on a Monday in March in Melbourne with great plans in 2020 of what my new role would look like and uh, a day later Melbourne went into lockdown and I spent my first basically two years in this role uh, on a Zoom screen uh, talking to our teams around the country and around the world. Uh, but I was in my office recently and there was a letter on my desk. Now some of you are old enough of my vintage to know what a letter is, right? You know, a, a handwritten letter in an envelope with a stamp on it. I took it home and I showed it to my kids and my 10-year-old who loved to say, Dad, you're the oldest dad in my school, and I probably am. My 10-year-old my looked at my other kids and said, we're about to get a history lesson. Because <laughs> he was this letter. And I was struck when I looked at this letter, and I'll come back to it a little later on, this handwritten letter written in shaky handwriting that kind of reminded me of my grandmother or my grandfather's writing. At the end of this letter, there was a P.S., a P.S. And this man wanted to tell me something and I'll chat about that. But suddenly my mind was back to when I was a kid and I lived in Newcastle and my cousins were in Canberra and of course there were no tablets or no devices and no WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger and I would write to my cousins and they would write back, P.S. I love you. P.S.S. I love you even more. P.S.S. I can't wait for the holidays. And so these letters would go and we'd have to wait you know, a couple of weeks for them to come in the mail. What we've got in this... Uh, chapter of scripture that I just read is a postscript, a PS. If you know anything about the letter to the church in Rome, the book of Romans, it's lofty. It's full of kind of rich theology about who God is and about, uh, about our sinful nature and about the work of Christ on the cross and, and the role of the church and the, the, the gifts that you and I have as, as the body to build each other up. It's a lofty, rich letter. And it's like Paul gets the end of that letter. He catches his breath and he remembers his friends in ministry together. It would be like if he was sitting here today writing that letter in Alice Springs, he'd look across this community and he'd write down the names of different people, probably with easier names to pronounce than those in this passage. And what's Paul doing? It's like Paul is wanting us to be reminded today that Every one of us in this body has a part to play. The mission of God in the hands of ordinary people. The mission of God in the hands of ordinary people. I don't know about you this morning. You might have, you know, like I, I do every day, I get up and at some point in time I look in the mirror. I look in the mirror at the hotel I'm staying in this morning. I think, God, this is as good as it's going to get. You know, your pastor looks in the mirror and he thinks, gosh, how did God make me so handsome and beautiful? Hello? <laughs> Uh, if only we looked like that, you know. But you know, one thing this morning, if you looked in the mirror and you're a follower of Jesus, you can be reminded you are lavishly loved by God. You are lavishly loved by God. And more than that, that God has a plan and a purpose uniquely for your life. 
And my sense is across the country, in many of our Baptist churches, uh, there are some who, who feel excluded or disqualified from that. But God's gracious invitation is to every one of us afresh this morning. The mission of God in the hands of ordinary people. And what do we get in this passage? If you go away and read it over a cup of coffee this week, in the first 16 verses, we get 29 people described, 27 by name. 29 people, women and men, 27 by name, some who will never be mentioned in Scripture again. They kind of suddenly appear on this page and it's like they fade away. But Paul celebrates this unique group of people reminding us of the mission of God in our hands. Like Shannon and Matt in the northern communities. Like a young woman who works for our team in Baptist Mission Australia on the other side of the world, on the Silk Road in a former Soviet Union bloc country. A, a young woman married with a couple of kids from North Queensland who now works on the Silk Road as an occupational therapist, who with a heart for the people in that country where so few know Jesus, she's taken her skills as an occupational therapist. She lives in a country where there's a shame culture, where children with disabilities are pushed to the, to the margins, where, where children with disabilities are kind of left bereft of care. She's gone to that country. She's learnt the local language, she's learnt the culture, she's learnt the customs, she's very much a part of her neighbourhood. She recently spoke at a national health conference in the local language and painted a picture, a vision of what disability care in that country could look like. She got a standing ovation and has been invited by the national government of that country to help reshape disability policy in that country. The mission of God in the hands of an ordinary woman, a young, passionate woman from North Queensland with a heart to serve God. And the reality that most of us won't be called to the Silk Road, most of us won't be called to the other side of the world, most of us will be called to our local communities, our local neighbourhoods in Blackburn South, in suburbia where I live in Melbourne or Alice Springs or other parts of the country where some of you may be visiting from today. And we're asked afresh, what do we have in our hands? What do we have, what do we have in our hearts? What, what, what vision, what, what mission opportunities has God put, God put before us? Because sometimes when we hear that word, I think sometimes we hear that word mission or evangelism or discipleship, we can kind of shrink back and think, that's not for me. But the reminder in this passage of ordinary people who Paul celebrates were in mission with him and the reality that God does not need Baptist Mission Australia. That God does not need Alice Springs Baptist Church. That God is already at work in this neighbourhood. That God is already at work in this community. That God is already at work around our world. That God has already put people in your life, in the gym, at, the, at, the, at school, in your workplace, in your sporting club, in your neighbourhood. God already at work. And that gracious invitation that we would join him afresh in what he is doing in our lives, in our community. Whether that be making gingerbread, or whether it be serving in this local community as we come alongside others. 27 names. And what do we see in these, uh, what do we see in these names? We dig a little bit deeper. We see the diversity of God's body being celebrated. I've got uh, uh, one of my kids, uh, uh, his name is Arlington, and uh, we've just come back from, the, from holidays in the US, and 
I was able to actually take a few photos where he saw his name up in lights, Arlington Avenue and uh, Arlington Road. And he doesn't like his name. He says, Dad, why did you call me Arlington? You know, I don't know anyone else called Arlington. My wife sometimes asks that question as well. I made the decision just after the baby was born while she was in the birthing suite. And I think she feels she didn't have a lot of say in that. <laughs> but um, I've found a really good response now when Arlington says, Dad, I don't like my name. I bring him to this passage of scripture. And I say, Ali, we could have called you Ampliatus. That usually kind of silences the conversation. But you know, Ampliatus is still celebrated in what is modern Bulgaria today and they still sing a hymn thanking God for Ampliatus because this man took the good news to that country almost 2,000 years ago. A name that you won't have heard of, that I haven't heard of, the mission of God in the hands of ordinary people. And we have in this passage women and men. We have older and younger. We have Jews and Gentiles. We have one name mentioned, Persis, believed to be a young woman, a slave who's come from Persia, who's come to Rome, who's come to know Christ, and now becomes a key leader in the church. We see those on the front line in evangelism, preaching and church planting. We see those who are celebrated for hospitality and gifts of service. We see the beautiful diversity that is in the body in this passage and the role that each one of us has to play. 27 names, the mission of God in the hands of ordinary people. What else do we see if we dig a little bit deeper in this passage? We see partnership celebrated. And thank you on behalf of Baptist Mission Australia for your partnership with us, particularly your, your ongoing commitment to uh, support uh, the work that Danny and Beth and Matt and Shannon, our team, are involved in with uh, the, the communities here in the Northern Territory. We value that and we're looking forward to continuing conversations, how we can strengthen our partnership and relationship with you as a church community. Uh, we can only do what we do around the world, working in Africa, across Asia and in Australia, uh, with the partnership and support of Baptist churches across our movement. That's who we are. We're the intercultural arm of our Baptist movement. And we're working in a very changing world, a very changing Australia. Uh, one of our latest projects is, is working in Hobart. You might be in Hobart, the other side of the world. You know, today in Hobart, there are 10,000 Nepalese people. 10,000 people from Nepal now living in Hobart. And one of our local Baptist churches, um, not as big as yours, pretty Anglo in its makeup, uh, opened its eyes and looked at the local community around it and said, how can we love and support and care for this growing Nepalese community? Public transport is pretty, uh, pretty, pretty zero in, in Hobart and people need to, uh, to get to job interviews and to government services and to, to, to human services as, as refugees, asylum seekers, as new arrivals. And so in partnership with Baptist Mission Australia, the church said, could we start a driving school? A local Baptist church running a local driving school, teaching Nepalese people to drive, sharing the hope of Jesus. And if you go to that church this afternoon, there is a thriving Nepalese faith community of people coming to know Christ. The power of partnership. In this passage, as we go away and we read these 27 names, Paul describes the relationship as co-workers, as beloved friends, as, as depending on your translation, as laborers in Christ, my co-workers, my partners in the good news. That's what we're called to be as followers of Jesus. And so thank you for your partnership with us. 
but I'm mindful that you also celebrate partnership with others in Alice Springs and across the territory, across the country, across the world. And I think as we look at our world today, we see the, the importance of, of brothers and sisters in Christ in coming together. I was in Norway recently. A beautiful demonstration of that at a Baptist world gathering as Russian Christians and Ukrainian Christians, as Russian Baptists and Ukrainian Baptists stood hand in hand praying together for peace in Ukraine. Today, there are Baptists in Israel, in Israel and there are Baptists in Palestine coming together to pray for peace. The, the opportunity for us to celebrate partnership and what we can do together as God's people. Let me come back to the letter as we think about partnership. Here was this shaky handwritten letter. And it turned out it was written by an 82-year-old man from a country town in Western Australia. He wanted to tell me that his wife of 60 years of marriage had recently died. It was somewhat of a cathartic, kind of therapeutic letter for him. But what he wanted me most to know is that he couldn't remember a day in his married life of 60 years, he couldn't remember a day when over a cup of tea with a Bible beside her that his wife didn't sit to pray for our workers around the world, particularly a passion to pray for our workers in Africa. You can kind of sense the tears coming out of his eyes as he wrote this beautiful letter. And his PS was to say, this is probably the last financial gift that I'll be able to give to the organisation. So push the money aside. 60 years of prayer. 60 years of someone committed to partnership. I put the letter down and an email came in on my, uh, on my laptop at the same time. And it was an email from one of our African workers. Attached to it was a, uh, a video clip. And I've got to tell you, at my age, it was a lot easier to open the old-fashioned letter than work out how to open the video clip. I opened the video, and it was uh, a video from Tim and Mel Downs uh, from uh, the Northreach Church in North Queensland. Uh, some of you might know Barry and Lois Downs, who worked in Central Australia for many years with our organisation. And... Here was Tim bringing to life a story of what God was doing in Malawi today. We've been working in Malawi for many years as, as Aussie Baptists. But again, not that God needs us there, but that gracious invitation of God who was at work before we arrived and a God who will be at work well after we leave. But a God who was doing amazing things amongst the Yao people from a Muslim background where hundreds of people are coming to know Christ. And Tim captures this story on video. And it's, it's like Tim's zoomed in on a Bible study. I was in Masangulu, a dusty, robust, rugged town last year in the middle of Malawi, and there is a Bible study group, and there is Philip leading this Bible study under a tree, sitting on plastic chairs. And Philip is a new believer. But Philip, as a second-generation believer, has come to the Lord not through an Aussie Baptist, but through a Yao leader, a Yao disciple-maker. And there is Philip leading the Bible study. And for some reason he's chosen for his first ever Bible study to choose a passage in Ezekiel. He's up for a tough challenge. And then behind Philip is wine. Wine is a man in his 70s. 
an elder in that church community, a beautiful, gracious, humble man who's known Jesus for many years and is one of our uh, key uh, Malawian leaders. And it's like there is wine cheering on Philip. And this video, here's Tim in the background with tears in his eyes, his son filming this video as Tim watches wine, as wine watches Philip, and as we see the baton of disciple-making being handed on to a new generation, as we see God at work in that community. And then Tim telling the story of all that God is doing, but thanking people for the, their partnership and their prayers. And suddenly here is this letter from an old man in Western Australia. And here is this video clip. And they come together. A humble, ordinary woman in Western Australia who I've never met, whose name could be listed in Romans 16. Her name was Margaret. And Margaret, who for 60 years had prayed for our work in Africa. And we see God at work. See that beautiful, powerful partnership in the good news. The mission of God in the hands of ordinary people. 27 names, and that remind that every one of us in this building today, whatever our background, whatever our age, whatever our culture, that every one of us in this building is graciously invited to join God in mission in Alice Springs today. None of us excluded, none of us disqualified, all of us uniquely gifted, all of us with a role to play. And we see the power of partnership. And we see the diversity in the body and our need for each other. Paul finishes that segment of his letter by saying, greet each other in Christian love. And it's like suddenly his mind kind of triggers a new thought. And if you go away and read the rest of the passage that I haven't got time to open up this morning, it's fascinating that the first thing Paul says after celebrating those 27 names, after reminding us of our role together, the mission of God in our hands as ordinary people, celebrating diversity, celebrating partnership, the first thing Paul says in verse 17 is, watch out for division and disunity in the body. It doesn't matter whether it's a Baptist Mission Australia team around the world or a local congregation of God's people around the country. Wherever there is division or disunity, our eyes are taken off mission. And as a church community, beautiful to worship with you today and see your diversity and celebrate that with you. But that powerful reminder that unity, unity in the church is so important, but it starts with me. It starts with you. It starts with every one of us. In our conversations about others in the body. In our going next to mile to support each other in cheering on and praying and supporting the pastors of this church, in reminding yourself what a good thing you have at Alice Springs Baptist Church and cherishing that. Paul celebrates mission and then he says, don't lose sight of the fact that disunity takes our eyes off mission, but unity brings us together that we might focus on what God calls us to in this community. That starts with me, it starts with you, as we build the body together. And then it's like Paul uh, is, is kind of moving to wrap up. Maybe Tertius, the scribe, is uh, starting to get tired, you know? Or as I look at the clock and realise that 
that I need to start wrapping up as well. Um, and it's like Paul wants to bring it all together. He's written this lofty letter. He's come to this PS and celebrated the 27 names. He celebrated his friends, the diversity of the body, the, the, the mission of God in the hands of ordinary people, the reminder of unity. And he finishes this letter in verse 25 through 27 with these powerful but amazing reminder. Verse 25, Now all glory to God who is able to make you strong, just as my good news says. And verse 27, All glory to the only wise God through Jesus Christ forever and ever. Amen. Leslie Newbigin, a writer about mission, a writer about you and I being invited to step out today to embrace God's gracious invitation to mission together. Leslie Newbigin says that when we step out and join God in mission, our very lives become a doxology of praise to our God. Grab hold of that. Grab hold of that. That when you step out today, tomorrow, this week, you drop a meal into a neighbour, and you come alongside a friend struggling with uh, mental health issues, when you, uh, when you serve someone in need, when you invest financially into this church community, when you partner with someone in mission, when you do whatever you may do in the myriad of opportunities that are before us as God's people in this community, your very life becomes a doxology of praise to our God. I grew up in a really small Presbyterian church in Newcastle. Didn't look anything like this building, a little old army hut called St Ninian's Presbyterian Church. And uh, you know, not the, the great worship team that you've got up here, but one small little old kind of 1980s organ. And every week without fire we would sing the doxology. Praise God to whom all blessings flow. Praise him here, creatures below. And we had uh, a very small organ, but we had a very big organist. And Paul would sit there and whack away at the keys and we would sing the doxology. And there would be interference with the local taxi service without fail every week. And so as Paul's bashing away at the keys, you'd get a, a taxi service call, cab 24 to Walls End RSL. But Paul would keep bashing away at the keys. And we would keep singing the doxology. But beyond, beyond singing the doxology, isn't it even a more powerful, beautiful, amazing thought that God has shaped your life to be a doxology of praise to our God? Petra, on the other side of the road in Silk Road today, as she brings the hope of Jesus by word and deed, particularly to children living with disabilities, her life becomes, her life becomes a doxology of praise to our God. As Matt and Shannon uh, serve and love their community in Kalkaringi, their lives become a doxology of praise to our God. As Tim and the team in Malawi, alongside Philip and Wine, serve in Malawi, their very lives become a doxology of praise to our God. And that is our invitation this morning to pause. I mean, it's all the busyness that is a part of your life. 
amidst the challenges that may be a part of your life, the circumstances that you may be focusing on this morning. In the midst of the, the messy, broken, but beautiful world that we live in with all that we see happening around our country and around our world. That we might just pause. That we might be still. We might ask ourselves afresh, but what is our core heart's desire? What is our priority? What makes our heart tick? And is it that our very lives would be, our very lives would breathe glory and honour to God in the way that we step out and embrace God's gracious invitation to mission and that we remind ourselves that we are ordinary people but we are called by an extraordinary God to join him in mission in this community and in partnership across the world that our very lives would bring honour and glory to him. Can I pray? Father God, just in the stillness, the quietness right now, in the midst of our busy lives, impress upon us afresh your love for us. That you love us as we are today and as we can become. Remind us that you have not given up on anyone here. Remind us of your grace and your forgiveness and your goodness. As we sung this morning that you're always there for us. And remind us afresh of your invitation to join you in loving and serving in this broken but beautiful world. Father God, there may be some here this morning who feel they've been excluded or disqualified. May it be your Holy Spirit reminds them of the unique place that they have in this church community and in serving others in Alice Springs and beyond. May it be that for those who have dreams and visions and and hopes and possibilities of, of new ministry opportunities that you might encourage them in their faith. Might it be for some of us who feel like almost throwing the towel, but today there might be a refreshment and a renewal and, and perseverance and that we might continue to hold on to the opportunity of serving you and loving others. For some of us who we might be focused on really challenging circumstances, as real as they might, as real as they might be, may it be that we might take our eyes off those circumstances and we might see you at work in our lives and that we might find new perspective to step out into love and serve others. Thank you that you call us as ordinary people. You graciously invite each one of us to be good news people, to bring the hope of Jesus by word and deed to those around us. And Father, thank you for this church community. Thank you for its pastors, its leadership. Thank you for the DNA to love and serve this community and to play its part in partnership around the country and around the world. Bless 
this faith community, I pray, continue to use that, use it to be salt and light in this community. We thank you that you are with us today and you desire to use each one of us that we might be people who bring a doxology of praise to you with their very lives. We want you to put in our hands and our hearts and we commit ourselves to your fresh in Jesus' name. Amen.